Welcome to More Than a Budget, a podcast presented by Relational Media. Co-founders Jeff Fine Thomas, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and John Mitchell, a certified financial planner, combine the fields of psychology and personal finance to help couples improve their relationships and discover what is more important than money. Hi everyone, I'm Jeff. And I'm John. And today we're talking about debt. You know, if you've done any podcast listening um, on financial topics, if you've done any self-help book, self-help books on financial topics, um, you've kind of heard a lot of different views on the evils and traps that people fall into on debt. I feel like this has got to be one of the most popular subjects around with respect to podcasts or YouTube or whatever. Well, it creates a lot of stress for people to find themselves in a place they don't want to be. Um, and being in a position of debt is is a really pernicious kind of place because it's really difficult um, to unwind it once you find yourself there. So tell us tell us what debt is and tell us what we need to be thinking about. Well, what I want to give is kind of my 30-year industry perspective on the things that are important about debt and how to think about it. And I know, you know, our listeners have, have probably heard a lot of advice on debt. And some of the things that I'm going to say, you've probably heard, but you're probably um, going to hear them a new way today. And so, you know, if you are out of debt and loving life, or if you are in debt and, you know, really struggling with it, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say that um, stick with us because I'm hoping to give you some really meaningful perspective on, on kind of how to think about debt um, and and how to get away from it. So my number one rule, and I'm going to give you three rules here on debt. Number one is that debt is a tool, not a toy. Explain. Well, we have some, you know, I like the analogy of, you know, financial tools. You know, I can, I can put, I can save, I can um, invest, I can spend, um, I can, you know, use, you know, banking apps, all of these different things are financial tools that, that I can bring to bear, right? I have choices on what tool to pull out of the toolbox. Mm-hmm. If you ever let a kid go into a garage and just say, go have a good time, <laughs> a lot of crazy things can happen. It's <laughs> not a good idea. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, I used to go into my grandfather's garage. I don't know that he ever knew that I went in there. But man, I pounded so many nails into so many different things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I got pretty good at pounding nails. Um, I bet. But I was totally unsupervised, and it's amazing I didn't break more things than I did. I got electrocuted once doing that. Excellent. <laughs> Lesson learned. It was, yes. <laughs> and, and so I think of debt that way. I think, you know, debt is a tool that requires some aptitude. It requires some skill. Um, and if we use it the wrong way, um, it can do damage that, quite frankly, is really hard to replace or repair. Okay. So along with those lines, um, I want to say that I kind of also have a rule, and that is that debt should not be used to buy toys. You know, a lot of times we think, oh, it'd be really fun to get a snowmobile. It'd be really fun to have a motorcycle. It'd be really fun to take an extra vacation. It'd be really, you know, are we really need or we really need? We do not want to use debt um, for things that we can do without. And we mm-hmm. don't want to use debt for things that, quite frankly, we should be paying for cash. We should just, if it's so important to us, we can save and wait. Um, and I'll get back to what debt should be used for instead of toys here in a second. Okay. 
And then third, and this is a really important one, this is a foundational idea, debt is not a replacement for your emergency savings. Okay. A lot of people use it that way. Yes, they do. Um, you know, I can't quite get ahead right now, um, and we just lost a tire or a water heater, and so we'll just put it on the credit card. I know we're going to be a little bit behind, but we'll catch up. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people who have said those things out loud or in their head now know that you can't catch up. You're finding yourself in a really difficult position. And now the cost of your water heater just went up by 19% because of the interest rate. Um, uh-huh. and, and you just made a, a bad situation more difficult. Yeah, right. right. So I want to kind of frame the idea that when we use debt, we want to... St- First off, we want to make sure that we're using it for big ticket items. So you're talking like a house. Sure, a home, um, a college education, um, a a car. You know, those are things that, you know, some people would argue that, hey, you could save your money and and buy a car and pay cash for it. Mm -hmm. Great, do it. If you have the resources, if you have the patience, if you have a car that's going to last long enough until you can save um, enough money to make that happen, that's a great plan. I've got, I've got no problem with that. But mm-hmm. a lot of times there are things that in life um, we just flat out cannot get access to it if we're not going to finance it. And that's okay. It's okay to have a mortgage. It's okay um, with some planning to go into debt for, for school. Mm-hmm. If it, It's okay if what you're saying is, hey, when I come out on the other side of this, my earning potential is going to be a lot higher and in fact, I've done the math and my earning potential will be not only higher, it will be enough higher that I can pay down this debt in a reasonable amount of time and then benefit from it for real after that. Mm-hmm. So we don't mind um, debt showing up for big ticket expenses, but that doesn't give us carte blanche, which is kind of a funny little thing there. Um, it, it doesn't <laughs> give us the ability uh, to finance whatever we want. Okay. I also want to say that decisions that are made on debt, again, things like a home or a car, they typically have the biggest impact on our budget. You know, you got rent or a house payment. You got maybe one car payment, maybe two. You've got some student loans. You add those up and you start getting, hey, that's 70% of what I make. Mm -hmm. So with two or three decisions, this is what I really want everything to sink in on. Two or three decisions that I made maybe one year, five years, seven years ago are now committing me mm. to 70% of my time at work to cover those decisions. It's a lot. It is a big impact for the same amount of time it took me to decide to do that as it did for me maybe to buy a hamburger if I wasn't being very thoughtful. And it creates an inflexibility if you don't have the extra cash available to do you know, routine things. Right. So, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, I want to make sure and buy as much house as I can afford because I know the house will be appreciating over time. So it's a good asset. And we've all heard that type of story. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is if it's going to take me 15 to 30 years to pay off my house and I'm running my budget really tight and that's 15 to 30 years that we can only go out to dinner once a week. Mm -hmm. That's 15 to 30 years that we have to take small vacations or no vacations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or that's 15 to 30 years a week that um, we can't do the things relaxed the way we would like to do them. Everything is stressful. So it really has an impact on quality of life. Absolutely. Um, you know, how much time can I take off? 
Do I need to get a second job in order to make this thing work? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, the bigger the house that we buy or the nicer the car that we buy, the bigger the repair bills, the bigger the insurance, the bigger the taxes, you know, it supersizes everything. And those decisions put us now in a position, like you said, of stress on lots of the small things, which is where we would kind of get a lot of our enjoyment, work-life balance stuff. Right, right. Right? So going back to our tool idea, you know, there's an old saying in carpentry, you want to measure twice, cut once. Do you know why they say that? Because oftentimes when you measure the first time, you get it wrong. What's the cost for getting it wrong in carpentry? Yeah, I mean, you you lose the material. If you cut it at the wrong length, right, you might not be able to use it. And that's expensive. Yeah. Especially now with, you know, lumber ain't cheap. Right. right? So you want to make sure that once you make a decision that you're going to be happy with the outcome of that decision. Um, And so that means we want to do decisions about debt together. Um, I... I kind of think that, especially in a marriage, it should be kind of a stated norm that we do not go into debt until we both agree to go mm-hmm. into debt. Yeah. Because of the impact of debt on the budget over time. Another thing is, is that typically when one of us is excited about buying a house or buying a car, um, we're kind of in that accumulate mode. I want the thing. I'm ready. I'm a buyer. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> and we need our partner to come along and, and say, hey, we don't need this much car. Or, hey, we could do with less house. Uh-huh. I, you know, maybe we should be thinking about how much inflexibility this decision is going to give us and for how long. You know, the, the idea is, is to let your partner be your conscience. And, and that takes some trust, doesn't it? Yeah. You're saying that a sort of counterbalance to whatever your impulse is, they could act as a voice of reason if you are being wishful. Now, Jeff, could you think of any reason why it would be great to be on the same page to your core values? A thousand reasons. <laughs> you know, you know I'm, I'm going to answer that. Yeah. No, I think, you know, if you're on the same page, then you're working together to create common um, outcomes for your goals. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, not to mention the outcome being good, but there's a whole host of reasons why that might make your relationship closer. Yeah. So when my partner says to me when I'm signing, when I'm going to the car dealership and I'm thinking about moving up a model or I'm thinking about all the extras that that I would kind of like to go with it. And my partner says, you know, that's going to really put some pressure on one of our core values. And I can go, oh, that's right. We spent so much time mm-hmm. making some big decisions. And sure, a heated steering wheel would be nice in January. Mm-hmm. But is that really the outcome that I'm looking for? And so then I can appreciate the fact that somebody has kind of said, hey, this short-term excitement that you're feeling won't be that exciting in month 36 when the payment still right. is a big chunk. Right. And we're not able to do these other things that we wanted to do, right? Correct. So being on the same page um, pays some huge dividends just in our ability to kind of govern ourselves together um, when it comes to going into debt. Staying, governing ourselves by staying on focus to what's important to us. Correct, correct. So think about whenever you're going to be signing up for debt, what kind of flexibility am I going to be giving up? 
you know, what is it that this purchase is going to provide? And then the other side of it is, is what will I no longer be able to do? Mm-hmm. You know, what 200, if I'm going up $200 a month on a car payment, if I'm going up $400 a month over what I'd originally budgeted for a house payment, sure, I'm getting maybe a bigger house. Maybe I'm getting some amenities, but what has to be given up on the other side? Mm-hmm. And am I making a budget? Am I making budget room for the fact that this thing might have more other associated costs with it? Maybe the insurance goes up on it. Maybe the repair costs go up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe this thing that I want so much is not going to have a very big resale value compared to what I'm paying for it. Maybe I'm going to get dinged on the back end, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So these are all things that we want to put into the category of, of measuring. And we've got to, you know, the nice thing was when you measure, you're measuring against something, right? A standard. Yeah. You know, the ruler is 12 inches and we all agree how long a foot is. Yeah. So the standard that you're measuring against is your core values. Does this fit? Do both of us agree that this fits inside of our, inside of our model? So I want to wrap up with this, and that is that if you're listening to your partner, if you both have a sense of what's most important to you, if you're not letting um, the shiny thing get your attention too much, um, if it's not going to invade your, you know, your savings, if it's not going to mess with the flexibility um, that you have, you know, then that's something that you can both look at and go, this is something that, that we could choose to do. But I think more often than not, going into debt quickly um, is a recipe for long-term stress that is not needed in a relationship. I like that. So let's go back to our three rules. Debt is a tool, not a toy. Don't buy your toys on debt. And debt is not a replacement for emergency savings. So talk about it, think about it, and measure it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a like, comment, or review. And tell your friends. New episodes drop weekly. Learn more about Jeff and John at relational-media.com. 